Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Well, I have it from a good authority. Uh, someone that was here last week said the sermon that was uh, spoken last Sunday was the best sermon I've ever heard. So there you go. That's a good plug for Ken, isn't it? So who, who was here last Sunday? Heard the sermon. Who meditated on during the week? Yep. So I haven't heard it, so I don't know. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying that it's a good place to come and hear the Word of God. And uh, so I'm just giving Ken a wrap there. So praise God for that. Yeah, yeah let's thank God. Well, it, it gives us gifts. It gives people gifts. And there's quite a number of people, uh, I believe every single one of us, has the opportunity to be able to preach the word, not necessarily behind the pulpit, but in our realm of influence, in our, in, in our daily lives. And uh, I know Matthew said, oh, he's missed an opportunity, but he's not Robinson Crusoe, is he? He's not the only one. Uh, we all miss opportunities quite often. And God is gracious to give us another opportunity. But the best thing is to pray that the person has someone else, you know, come along behind and, you know, they receive what God wanted them to receive by you know some other means or gives us a second chance another chance to share with that person so praise God for that but like Ken said today uh, this month we're talking about rebuilding rebuilding foundations let's pray first Heavenly Father Lord we thank you for the power of your spirit we thank you for your anointing give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying through your word this day Lord let there be revelation throughout your word and let your Holy Spirit touch us and Lord, let us be ones, Lord, to be doers of your word and not hearers only. And Lord, and we just pray, Lord, that we can be inspired by your word as your spirit works through us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm of the belief that it's not necessary for anyone to rebuild their foundation if in fact they have already built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. In other words, if there's a problem with the building, it's not the fault of the foundation if that foundation is in Jesus Christ. And great many of us have that foundation in Jesus Christ. He is the right foundation. It's only we need to check the building. You need to check, you know, if what we're building is what Jesus would have us build. Are we bearing fruit of what Jesus called us to build on? He's called us to build on him and build on the rock, build on that sure foundation. And if we're not bearing fruit, then need to step back sometimes and say, well, God, why aren't I bearing fruit? If what I've built, am I building according to your plan or am I building according to my plan? And uh, that's what we've got to build. If we're already on Jesus Christ, we're already on the rock, we need to build on the firm foundation, the sure foundation of Jesus Christ. And uh, see, maybe we have to start again or very least make some adjustments. You know, do some pruning or else God, might do some pruning and we might not like the way that God does the pruning he might be a bit more radical than us and uh but if we trust God and allow him to do the pruning we will bear lots of fruit there'll be lots of fruit came out of it so I just believe sometimes I need to step back maybe we all need to step back sometimes and just wait on God what do you want me to do is what I'm building what you want me to build see the foundation in Jesus Christ is big enough for any building. And uh, 
So whatever God's called us to build, then we need to say, well, okay, let's get about building it. I just want to turn to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, yes. It says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, or believers in Christ, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then he, the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you shall be told what you must do. And the man who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. See, the conversion of Saul to Paul was amazing. He went from being righteous, you know, according to the law, to being righteous according to the Spirit through Jesus Christ. And uh, see, his original foundation was in the law of religion, and he built on that, and he was good at it. But when his foundation was changed to Jesus, he built on that and bore much fruit for the kingdom of God. He did change his foundation. God changed it for him. But what about one of the other heroes in Paul's conversion, the disciple Ananias? Uh, Ananias, how important is his trust in God? like in order for us to have obedient faith we need to truly need to fully trust God like Ananias I find his trust amazingly inspiring like let's read it verse 10 now there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias and to him the Lord said in a vision Ananias and he said here I am Lord how amazing is that (laughs) so the Lord said to him And rise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard, I heard from many about this man, how much harm, you know, bad things he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here, He has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's significant as well. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. 
So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I find that amazing. That Ananias was obedient. See, to, be, to have faith like that and to be obedient like that and to you imagine the cost if he didn't trust God. He went there, he could have been rounded up, he could have been put in jail, he could have been killed, he could have been all sorts of things. But he was obedient to the call of God. He was obedient to what you know, God had put before him. See, I don't know if the first encounter with Jesus was enough for Paul to remain in faith or not. Probably would have been, but I don't know. But God showed how much he could be trusted. See, the vision he had whilst he was praying, it came to pass. You know, so God had strengthened that encounter on the road. There was another strengthening of the counter. He said to Ananias, you know, go because Paul is praying. And I have sent him a vision that a man named Ananias is going to come, Ananias, Ananias, going to come and lay hands and he's going to receive his sight again. So I find the whole story truly amazing. What a foundation that was getting strengthened. See, he had a foundation in religiosity. You know, then Jesus came and laid a new foundation within him. And then this foundation was getting strengthened again. And, uh, and it was going from strength to strength. And uh, I personally believe, I don't know it to be true or not, but I personally believe that Paul was praying for forgiveness of his past sins. You know, against God and his church. Stephen's one example of that. It was there praying. You know, Paul to me was building on the foundation of the forgiveness of the cross. He wasn't just regretting the things he had done previously. He was repenting of the things that he'd done previously. And uh, repentance is regret matured. And by that I mean everyone can have regret for certain things that we do in our lives or haven't done. You know, things that we've committed. But not everyone goes to the next level of regret, which is to me repentance. If we regret something enough, then we will go to the next step. That godly sorrow will just build up and then there'll be a repentance, a turning away, never to commit that sin again, so set back by that sin, so, you know, appalled by what we've done that we say, well, okay, I'm not going to do that again in your strength, Jesus. You know, we still need the help of Jesus to be able to do that. But I'm going to build on that foundation of forgiveness. I'm going to build on that foundation of mercy and grace. And I'm repenting. I'm turning away. And I'm, not, I'm going forward in this. And I'm not going to do that, commit that again. I'm not just going to be sorrowful. I'm going to repent of it. I'm going to move on from it. And I believe that's what he was doing. He may or not have been doing that. But, you know, it fits. <laughs> See... True repentance doesn't wear, the, doesn't wear the sins of the past as a badge of honour. But on the other hand, true repentance accepts and trusts the forgiveness of God and doesn't wear the sins of the past as a badge of dishonour either. You know, things of the past, sometimes people can wear their past as a badge of honour. I used to do this, I used to do that. And other times we can be so full of shame and guilt and full of dishonour. So we need to get the balance right. We need to say, okay, yes, I committed those things. I did those things, but God has released me from those things. And with his help, I'm not delving into those things. I'm not committing those things ever again. And uh, Paul did that. He bore fruit worthy of his repentance. 
And we need to do the same as, a, as a believers to bear fruit worthy of our repentance. We come to Jesus Christ, we repent. Jesus, you know, forgive me my, of my sin. I walk away from that sin now. It is past. I walk into the newness of your life. I walk into my future. I walk into the strength of your spirit and we walk on and we move on. That's what we need to do. The past is the past. It's been forgiven. The past has no grip on us if, unless we allow it to have a grip. And if it has a grip, we need to let it go. Let the past go. We are not full of shame and guilt. We have been released from shame and guilt. You know? Praise God for that. <laughs> See, in other words, shame and guilt should neither be for honour or dishonour. It should be part of the cleansing and the rebuilding of our lives. Praise God, I'm free from it. Praise God, yes, I made mistakes, but praise God, his mercy is greater. Praise God, his anointing is greater. Let's read a bit more. This is what happened when Paul's foundation got changed. Verse 20. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. That's all we have to preach. Jesus is the Son of God. Come in the flesh, crucified, die for our sins. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who, who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose? that he might bring them bound to the chief priest. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. See, people can get stuck in the old person. Hey, they can get stuck, the old person that they knew, the old person that they know, whether it be someone else or for themselves or themselves. We can get stuck of who we used to be. We've moved on, you know? We're a new creation in Jesus Christ. No, we need to accept that we're no longer the person we used to be. Christ has made us brand new. He's made us whole in him. See, God didn't change much about Saul and Paul. He changed his foundation, then used what was already present. His zeal and his passion. That's what he used. He's used his zeal and his passion. Saul was zealous and passionate to destroy the kingdom of God. Paul was zealous and passionate to build the kingdom of God. That was the difference. Huh? Except for his focus, which was, which was significant, nothing else much changed, did it? Nothing much changed. Paul was so zealous before he knew Jesus that he was going to shut everyone up that talked about Jesus. He was going to try, but he couldn't do it, could he? Because God encountered him. God touched him. God was so, you know, involved in, in, you know, his kingdom that he wanted to use Saul. He changed his name to Paul, but he, you know, he wanted to use him to touch the Gentiles. He wanted to use him to touch kings. He wanted. He gave him audiences with lots of people, and he was bold enough not to worry about whether what they thought of him. He just would pinned his ears back, and he just spoke the word of truth. He spoke the gospel of truth, and have a guess what the truth does? It gurgitates in people's lives. It does. We're here because someone spoke the truth in your life. That's why you're here. Are you a born-again believer 
well, sorry, I'm a born again believer because someone spoke the words of truth into my life and they started to churn. They started to get around me. Did I receive them with all joy? No, I didn't. Not straight away. <laughs> but the word started to work. The word started to move. The word started to soften my hard heart. The word started to become, you know, what God had called it to do. All it needed was someone to be obedient to speak the word. It took six years for the bare fruit of the word. <laughs> I'm talking about my wife. <laughs> she used to share the word of truth. And I never once thanked her until for six years. <laughs> but you know, that word used to churn. Used to churn within me. Because God's spirit was bearing witness with my spirit that he had placed on the inside. And the two were starting to work against the flesh. They were starting to work against the mindsets. They were starting to do that thing. See, Paul would have been a hard, looked like a hard case, wouldn't he? You know, if God said, oh, go and talk to, to Paul, Saul, how many of us would have been totally obedient to that? Ananias. I find that amazing. He said, oh, yeah, Lord, he's a bit whatever. But he said, I'm telling you to go. So he said, yes, okay, I'm going. Uh, see, there's a lot of unsung heroes in this Bible. Don't get a lot of mention. You know, we're the same. We can be unsung heroes as well. See, what Paul had, Saul, Paul, he had an excellence in whatever he set his mind to do. He had an excellence. And uh, he did what he did with a fervency. He did what he did with a, a passion, a zeal. You know, I've said it before. We talk about the things we love. Does anyone here got grandkids talk about grandkids? Does anyone here got a wife talks about their wife or a husband they talk about their husband, or kids, whatever, favourite sport? Do you talk about those things? I guarantee you do. Whatever your favourite hobby is, you'll talk about it. Whatever, if you love Jesus Christ, we'll talk about him. Eh? If we love him, if he set us free, what are we going to talk about? What's our testimony? It's going to be Jesus Christ. If our foundation is firm in him, if we're anchored to him, if our spirit, our soul, if who we are, if we're passionate, we're going to drive people, not mad, we're going to drive people to Jesus Christ. We're going to drive the truth. We're going to share the truth with all joy. And there are going to be people that are gladly receive it, the word, and there are going to be people like me that takes a bit longer. But the thing is, if we do not lose heart, we're going to reap. Do not lose heart. Paul said there's no other foundation which can be laid than that of Christ Jesus. And then one builds and another waters. Or one lays a foundation, another waters, and God gives the increase. The thing is, we've got to sow the seed. We've got to start building. But the foundation's got to be Jesus Christ. If we don't love Jesus Christ, we're not going to share the love of Jesus Christ. If we're not zealous about the, the gospel, we're not going to sell, share the gospel with a smile on our face. Ever seen that ad on TV, the summer ad for beer? <laughs> How passionate is that bloke? <laughs> anyway, if you haven't seen it, it doesn't matter. He just says, drink it. <laughs> He's got no passion. He's got no zeal for it. He says, summer, just drink it. The thing is, we're going to share the gospel because we want to share the gospel. Not because we have to. If we have to, we won't share it. Huh? 
We've got to convince, rebuke, exhort, all those things. See, I don't believe what happened with Saul to Paul. I don't believe he changed that much. Peter, when the Holy Spirit came upon him, didn't change that much. Same way I believe God doesn't want to change us very much. <laughs> Except, of course, change any misalignment. If we've got a misalignment, God would want to change that. If we're already in Christ, we have the right foundation. We need to check the building plan. Check the building plan. See, God's building plan is different. It's bigger than ours. Bigger. You know, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. We've got to ask what power is working in us. The power of faith or the power of unbelief, the power of sitting on the fence, the power of might, might be, I mean, not God's might. What's working in us? What power is working in us? It's got to be the power of faith. See, uh, sometimes we can get dictated to by our feelings, by our emotions, but we've got to be like Anias and trust our faith. You know, feelings and emotions, we've got to have them. You know, how sad would it be if we didn't have feelings, if we didn't have emotions? You wouldn't appreciate the peace. You wouldn't appreciate the joy if you didn't have the other, the other emotions. We need the emotions. We need the feelings. We need those things, but they're not reliable. Faith in God is reliable. Trust in God is reliable. You know, feelings are about as reliable as a secondhand whippersnipper. You know, they're not that reliable. We need to have the trust like an iast and say, yes, I'm going to this madman. I'm going to this man that has authority that could throw me in jail. But I'm going to trust you, God, more than I'm going to trust him. And that was the difference. And as you read on in the story, you know, Paul started preaching. He started sharing. And then the Jews wanted to kill him. And then he went to the other disciples and they said, well, we don't trust him either. So, but all the time he had an encounter with God and he trusted him. And that was the thing. He didn't care what the others thought. You know, praise God. He even got to the stage where he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. You know, that's strength. That's the right foundation. Just about finished. The musicians like to come. See, like I said, God's building plan is different. It's bigger than ours. We choose whether we build a garden shed or a skyscraper. It's up to us. What are we going to build on that foundation? You know, foundation is strong enough to handle it. It's our call. You know, the foundation of Jesus Christ in our life is strong enough to handle any building. We choose how big the building. You know, we choose how big the fruit, how much fruit. Let's bow our heads this morning. I, I, I don't know where everyone's heart is at. I don't know if everyone has accepted Jesus as their firm foundation or not. But there's opportunities here this morning to accept Jesus as your firm foundation, to accept Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. And uh, the foundations I've been talking about, the conversion from Saul to Paul was an encounter with Jesus Christ. So if you haven't had yet had an encounter with Jesus Christ or you're not yet not sure, just pop up your hand this morning. I want to lead you in a prayer. I want to lead you to Jesus Christ. I want to lead you to put you on that firm foundation to bear fruit of the kingdom of God. That's what he's called us to do, to bear fruit, relationship with him. There's all manner of things I could say, but you know in your heart, 
if you've got that right standing with God. You know if you've got that firm foundation. You know if the winds come, you know, the rains and the winds come, will your building stand? Will your faith stand? That's what I mean. Will your faith stand in that situation? In the valley, will your faith stand? You know, wherever, you know, analogy we want to use, only you can answer these questions. I can answer them for me. I can't answer them for anybody else. But if that's you today and you say, well, I need some help. I need the help of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mate, we don't all necessarily have a transformation as uh, dynamic as Paul's. But really it is. <laughs> like Outwardly, I mean, it may not be as dynamic. But really as it is. No conversion is above another. You know, once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord, then we're on the path, path to glory, on the path to, to uh, living a life of victory. Will there be battles? Yes, but there'll be victory. That's the difference. Praise God. Let's just the musicians start. You know, if that's you and you haven't yet put up your hand or stand up, come and see me, come and see Pastor Ken and Pastor Rochelle or someone you know, someone you trust. Let them lead you to Jesus Christ. Let's sing this morning. Let's rejoice what the Lord has done.